Hi everyone and welcome to the Effortless Weddings Podcast. My name is Heidi, I'm your host and a marriage celebrant in Melbourne. If you're interested in booking me as your celebrant, please give the podcast a review and just email me a screenshot to get a 10% listener discount off the package of your choice. For those of you that are new to my audience, thank you for joining me. Each week I talk to a wedding industry professional about how we can help you with planning your wedding. Not anyone else's idea of a wedding, your wedding, an event that is meaningful to you. We guide you through figuring out what that means with the aim of making it all completely effortless. Today I chat with Sean, a marriage celebrant, poet and DJ who also runs a poetry podcast. With a wealth of experience and skill that lends itself well to talking about readings and vows, we discuss making it meaningful whilst keeping it real. Well, hi, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us on the Effortless Weddings podcast. How are you today? I am, am excellent. Thank you so much for asking me. You're more than welcome. You've got a couple of friends joining us today. You should introduce them. I do. <laughs> I had Possum, the cockatiel, sitting on my <laughs> Um, right now, and Woody, the chocolate Labrador, who's uh, sleeping on the floor. Oh, so this beautiful. guy could be trouble, so we'll just deal with him. <laughs> That's all right. It could make for some fun for our listeners. I like it. Does he go to weddings with you? <laughs> oh, no, I wish. I mean, you know, I, I don't even own him. I just love him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll be able to take him to a wedding one day soon. That could be a hoot. Yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be awesome. I've done yeah. few weddings with birds. I've done a few with uh, dogs, of course. Mm. That's great. Yeah. 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 Well, Sean, you know, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to kind of give you the floor so you can tell us all about who you are and what you do and where you do it and how you do it, if that's all right. Sure. So let's start at the beginning because that's a very good place to start. Possum, no, no, not on the, not on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Um, so uh, it's a good story of how I became a celebrant, which is like, eight years ago or so, I think, because uh, I'd been talking about um, to my friends previous to that, I, I, I thought, oh, maybe I should become a celebrant. And everyone I said it to said, oh, that's a great idea, but I never really got my shit together to do the course and to make it happen. And then my birthday's on New Year's Day and um, my friends uh, said they got the surprise present for me. And it was in the form of a website called Marry Me Sean. And they had paid for my course as a celebrant. Oh, as a wow. birthday present. That's amazing. Yeah, it's the best, the best birthday present I've ever received. Yes. Yeah, and so they just thoughtful. they basically they basically got sick of me talking about it and like, <laughs> we're gonna make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and on the website was uh, all photos of them holding up signs saying, Marry me Sean, marry me Sean. <laughs> So I decided to call my business Marry Me Sean. That's such a beautiful story. I love that. What an introduction to the industry and, yeah, what great support you had around you right from the start. That's great. Uh, absolutely. I'm very blessed with uh, the most wonderful, wonderful friends. Mm. And um, my first wedding was in Margaret River, uh, which was crazy. I'd never even been to WA at that point. Uh. Beautiful couple who I didn't even know, but they'd seen me um, – perform poetry before so they knew I guess they knew what my skills were like as a public speaker and they mm. kind of liked that energy 
So we met up and they said, oh, I hope you don't mind uh, coming to Margaret River. You know, we'll pay for your flights. Like, no, I do not mind at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a pretty amazing first wedding. I think I was more nervous than they were. Yeah. <laughs> but it went spectacularly well. Yeah. So good. And I've done weddings in every state in in the country now. I, I love doing wow. uh, interstate weddings. They're like little working holidays. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. so down to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And Celebrancy is not the only service that you offer these days, is it? No. So I was a DJ before I became a celebrant. Mm. So then I thought, why not do both? So yeah. often I will um, marry my couples and then rock their world on the dance floor for the yeah. reception. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite an unusual package, but uh, uh, and it's a big day. It's a long day, mm. uh, but I, I enjoy it. And uh and couples love it because it provides a bit of consistency to the day mm. too because I've got to know yeah. them um, from being their celebrant. And um, it always sort of surprises the guests. They're like, hang on, weren't you the guy who just yeah. married them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you MC as well at the reception? I do on occasion, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's good if I can get an MC gig too because there is a lot of dead time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, because, you know, after the wedding, there's quite a bit of dead time. I'm not doing anything. Um, so just to have a little extra to do is, is quite good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was just thinking that consistency that you were talking about as well, even for the guests to know, oh, yeah, Sean was the celebrant and now he's here and we know his voice and we listen out for him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It definitely... Uh, uh, adds to the theatre of the occasion. Yeah. 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 No, that would be good. Yeah. It's, uh, especially yeah. after a few drinks and people are like, who are we listening to? Who's talking? What's yeah. going on? And it's just nice. They already know who you are. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And look, um, I think a lot of couples underestimate the value of an MC. Mm. Uh, and, you know, most it'll, it'll usually go to someone who knows them and fair enough. But mm. that does give that person a bit, bit of an important job and they shouldn't get too drunk if they're going to be MC, but often they do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've seen some disasters there uh, because, you know, obviously the couple should not have to keep their eye on the, on the clock and stuff. They shouldn't have mm. to worry about any of those things. But someone mm. has to mm. because otherwise things get run really late and as a DJ, you know, sometimes when I've just been a DJ and not been involved in anything else, I've seen um, receptions just run way behind time and mm. they've paid me to DJ for like three hours, but suddenly they're only getting an hour out of me because no mm. one's been keeping an eye on on the time. Yeah. 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 It can all go wrong be... if you don't pay your professionals, can't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you have to be militaristic about it, but just sort of things mm. run you know, and also just for the sake of um, the venue too, you need someone yeah. to work with the venue mm. so that meals come out on time and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. I just, yeah, I think it's a great package there that that's on offer if people wanted it to have their celebrant DJ and MC all in the one package, just making sure the whole yeah. event runs really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So you must be pretty organised then. <laughs> Uh, no, no, 
Okay, we might cut that bit out. Uh, uh, no, look, I am in my professional life, but not in my yeah. everyday life. Yeah. It's like that for so many no, of us, I, I think, I, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I am when I, I when I need to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was like, like paying bills and stuff. Mm. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I kind of want to go back to where you mentioned that you're a poet there as well. So is that sort of a lifelong thing that you've been doing? You've always been writing and writing poetry in particular? Yes. Um, I guess I started writing in my early 20s. And um, mm. oh, sorry, I've got a little hair in my mouth. <laughs> um, and then just sort of didn't take it that seriously. And then mm. a bit later on, I ended up doing a professional writing and editing course at RMIT. Mm. And strangely, I didn't actually, poetry was one of the few subjects I didn't do. Uh, mm. I actually wanted to be more of a novelist or short story writer, but then something gravitated me towards poetry. And uh, my poems are like stories in a way, and they're very approachable and they sort of like prose poetry, I guess. Mm. And then I started performing my work and I've performed with bands and I love doing it on stage because I've always kind of wanted to be a rock star, but <laughs> didn't learn how to sing or play an instrument. <laughs> and this is my way of getting on stage without having to do either of those things and with yeah. bands. So I have bands that provide music to my poetry and I, I never imagined like public speaking would be my profession, not mm. at all. So I was painfully shy at school and I still am shy in certain situations, but but uh, not not speaking in front of a crowd. In fact, mm. I quite enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah. Especially when it's a crowd of people you don't really know. I think that's less nerve-wracking than yes. speaking in front of people you know, like your high school peers yeah. or family at your own, you know, at, at a family member's wedding or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> Possum <laughs> playing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boy. Uh, sorry, where was that? Uh, poetry, yes. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's what made me think one day that, you know, uh, being a celebrant would be a, a suitable profession for me because, um, mm. because I already had the skill of uh, public speaking and, and writing. And I think that, that there's a certain sense of poetry about a any wedding ceremony, really, or any ceremonial mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it it's the um, it's the process of uh, uh, conveying meaning um, in a sort of economical way as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with constraints, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah getting your point across yeah. in a in a small paragraph instead of a couple of pages. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I have seen vows that go for a couple of pages. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Hey, a vow, vows should be as oh, long totally. as they need to be, shouldn't they? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yes. Do you combine your poetry skills and background and work, I suppose, uh, with your celebrancy work? Like do you work with your couples to write their vows or to create, you know, original readings and, and things for them? I do. I do in, mm. a, in a sense that I will advise them and... Mm -hmm. And I, I've never actually written them for them as such, mm -hmm. uh, but I've certainly uh, brought my skills as a poet to the table in regards to advising them on the writing and that kind of stuff and on the presentation and on, on reading of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's such a valuable um, service because I think that's one of the areas our couples struggle with the most, isn't it? In their ceremony is writing their own vows. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, and you know, that's not a strange thing because it's not a mm. skill set that they necessarily have. And mm. not, neither is um, reading that work too, because that's mm. another skill set as well. Writing them and reading them are two different skill sets. Mm. And like, I know, I know as a poet, I've seen um, great writers kind of mutilate their own work because they haven't been necessarily good readers or performers mm. of their work. But I've also seen some pretty average sort of poets like really win an audience because they've known they've had the skill of of being an orator, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm, it's so interesting, isn't it? There's a, a lot of nuances yeah. and complexities to think about. Oh, there really is. Yeah. And in terms of like adding readings into your ceremony, so I think that the the, the misconception is that that it, well, it probably did come from religious ceremonies is that there would be readings from the Bible and, and whatnot. And in non-religious ceremonies, therefore, there would be non-religious readings. So I don't know about you, but my personal take on readings is that it can be a really great way to break up the ceremony from one person doing all the talking. Um, and oh, if it's absolutely. meaningful... Yeah, and if it's meaningful to you, I think it can be a really special in inclusion. But a lot of people seem to be moving away from readings because they're not sure how to find something that's meaningful to them. Would you, would you say that's mm. fair to say? Yes, absolutely. And, and you're right. A lot of uh, uh, so many couples assume that you mean something from the Bible when you say mm. readings. Uh, they'll say, oh, no, no, we're not religious. Mm. Or and something no, really stuffy of, and formal or, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I sort of keep a file of um, sample readings that my couples mm -hmm. are welcome to use or I say to them, but, or it might just provide some a flash of inspiration for something else that you could use. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I have all sorts of different clients, there's a lot of mm. different types of readings. Some of them are a bit more absurd and silly. Some of them are quite, you know, um, uh, very serious. And, yeah, because everyone has different tastes. I, I often say mm. that the the best thing to, for reading is to have someone who knows you write it. But of course, not mm. everyone travels in those circles that have someone has the ability to do that. Mm. But that's when a wedding really lifts. If someone has written something specifically for you for your wedding, that that's really quite moving, quite something. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And some couples will will um, just leave it in the hands of that person to find a reading that they've chosen. Mm -hmm. um uh you know if they uh value their judgment well enough <laughs> that they'll just leave it up to them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and you're right in that it does uh, i think the readings provide uh quite a few different things and one of them is that mm -hmm. it does give it someone else a job something to do in the ceremony and people mm -hmm. are quite chuffed to be asked to have a role in, in a wedding ceremony and this is a very easy role especially if you just say to them this is what we want you to read. We just want mm. you to read that. It's like two or three minutes. Provided they're not terrified of public speaking, it's a very easy role to give someone. And it's yeah. And I, I often say, you know, people often assume it has to be someone from the wedding party, but I think it's good that, you know, to sort of outsource it again, just to sort of share mm. the love of people being involved in the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could be someone who didn't get asked to be in the wedding party for whatever reason, or it could be a family yeah. member who doesn't have a role or yeah, there, there's lots yes, of Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
That's right. And it does uh, just bring another um, element within the ceremony. So it just breaks it up from, yeah, just a singular voice speaking for mm. a while. And, and, and people love seeing someone they know up there. So, yeah, mm. yeah. But at the same time, I, go, I sort of say to people, but don't, don't have a reading just because you feel like you should. Yeah. It's good to have something that speaks to you in some way. Mm. Uh, don't feel like you just have to have one just, just for the sake of it. Mm. Or sometimes they can sort of satisfy, um, it might be a couple that's not religious or maybe one of them is religious and the other one's not. Mm -hmm. So I have had religious weddings within a non-religious ceremony mm -hmm. because it sort of ticks a box to sort of a bit, a bit of a compromise and, and you know, yep. marriage is definitely about compromise. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's inclusive of the families as well, the people that you've asked to come and share this moment. You may have a really religious grandparent or parent or other family exactly. member or friend. So it's, yeah, it's a way exactly. to let them know, you know, we still respect and, and acknowledge this. Yeah. Yes. It's also a good way to uh, introduce diversity too, um, mm -hmm. in that it could be in another language. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely had those where it's been reading Greek or Italian, you know, and so yeah. that, that sort of uh, brings a more di diverse element to the ceremony as well. Yeah. 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 What a great way to, you know, recognize either of your cultures or, or both of your cultures to be able to do that. That's such a great idea. I hadn't thought exactly. of. I'm going to file that one away, Sean. Yes. <laughs> this is like a little I'm note to people. Tell... If this is something you want, that's a really good piece of advice. I love it. <laughs> I'd also tell people that readings don't necessarily have to be um, poems. I've had people mm -hmm. read like scenes from movies or yeah. sort of song lyrics you know i mean it's definitely not the time to make a speech as such yeah um that's more appropriate for um for the reception mm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be a poem yeah mm. because a lot of different things can be poetic absolutely yeah it could be an extract yeah. from one of your favorite books or you know a combination yeah. of several books or yeah i, yeah. I once had yeah. um uh, the sister of the bride sang a song. So she was obviously a very talented singer. They were a theatre family. Um, so it was a, a song from Les Mis that was really, really meaningful to the to the bride yes. in particular and her sister performed it. So that was really cool. Oh, yes. That's gorgeous. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I've had a couple of uh, those moments too where people have sang. Sometimes it's just a cappella. It's just been yeah. stunning, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. I was also thinking, you know, it could be a way to inject a little bit of fun into the ceremony. So, you know, if you do want to break it up, I think all ceremonies um, deserve a little bit of romance at least because, you know, wedding yeah. is usually about love and romance. But, yeah, if, if you want yes. to inject a little bit of fun and lightheartedness, you could do something different as a reading, I suppose. Yes, do you have any thoughts absolutely. on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like... A you know, uh, like Dr. Seuss and that kind of stuff, so like mm. fun kind of like children's sort of readings it can be really fun. I've had some where readings have been done as a group, you know, lots mm. of people popping up out of the audience and not someone will read one part and a person will read another part, sort of moves throughout the throughout the guests. That's cool. That's really it's fun It's almost too. like a yeah. um, uh, flash mob. It's almost like a flash That's mob. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
I have had one of those, which was a, a surprise to the couple, and that they just wow. loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, Love it. yeah. There's so many different um, ways of doing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the main point that we're making, isn't it? Is that there's so many options that one way or another yes. you probably could find something that's meaningful to you and that can really lift your ceremony and really personalize it that that little extra mile, I suppose. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Agree yeah. More. yeah. Yeah. And like you said, with your library of um, sample readings and stuff, I'd say most celebrants probably have something similar and obviously Google can be your best friend and YouTube yes. and, you know, yes, social media. Right. So yeah. yeah, I think leaning on, on your suppliers and, and scouring through the, the interwebs, <laughs> you'd probably yes, come up with something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's lots of stuff online. I mean, you do mm. sort of, you do sort of tend to see the same things over and over again sometimes. Mm. Sometimes you've got to dig a bit, you know, deeper to get to some that are sort of outside the box, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should really touch on vows because that's probably the big one I wanted to talk about with you, <laughs> considering especially your background with writing and poetry um, and your education. Um, yeah, I think that... I hear a lot from my couples that they really struggle with what should I say? How long should they go for? You know, we've been together a long time. We already know we love each other. How else can we say it? That that sort of seems yes. to be the key is, is yeah. yeah, we we tell each other we love each other all the time and we do things for each other all the time. What else can we do in our ceremony? It's yeah, it's a real yes. point of difficulty, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's definitely something that um, a lot of people sort of struggle with a little bit uh, mm. because uh, it's not necessarily something that they would do in their day-to-day -day lives, mm. either writing it or performing it, uh, which are two uh, different skills. Mm. Uh, so, and, and I, you know, I, I always tell my couples, there's actually really not much you have to do in a ceremony mm. when they're nervous, but reading the vows is one of the things. Uh, mm. that you have to do so it's something that they want to be um, memorable and significant but they want it to also be uh, reflective of who they are yeah mm -hmm. and sometimes that can be different things and mm. you know you certainly have you certainly often find that one one part of the couple might be a little bit more eloquent than the other uh, yeah I often tell them sometimes my couples want to keep them secret from each other so I'll say mm -hmm. to them um, that's fine, but at least try and exchange the word count with each other. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, oh, I, I do say, no, you don't want one that's 10 lines and the other's like 100 lines. But then mm. I have had that happen and it hasn't really been an issue at all. And yeah. it's more reflective of the type of, types of people that they are, you know. Yeah. Uh, I just like their individuality. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people also get worried about, because that's a moment, probably the most uh, crucial moment in a ceremony where sometimes I can get quite emotional mm. um, and, and and people can get concerned about that. And I, I always tell them, look, this is the most supportive audience you're probably ever going to get in your life. The only thing that people want is for you to succeed up there. Yeah. So no one is going to judge you if you start crying or getting emotional. In fact, it just provides an extra element of energy to the ceremony, really. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, so you know, take your time. If you get a bit sniffy or something, it's 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 nothing's wrong with that. And and if you completely stuff it up, there's also nothing wrong with that, because people when there's mistakes in the sermon, the, un, the unscripted parts, they're often the best parts. People just yeah. laugh it off, and it and it's totally fine. Yeah, the unscripted yeah. parts can sometimes really make the day, can't they? Yeah, they really can. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's any um, points in particular that we could talk about that would really help couples get their creative juices flowing? Like what are the, what are some of the things you say to your couples? I oh, think about this or what about this to, that, to help them start writing? Yes. Um, well, I say to think about things like what, um, what they mean to each other, what they do for each other, um, mm. how they see their lives being better and improved mm. by each other's presence. Um, you know, I, I don't really, I, I don't think the length is important. No. Um, I mean, often people want, they, they want to know a lot of people because they've then been, you know, mostly haven't been married before. Even people, even people who have been married before seem to have forgotten that <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> uh so it's really whatever sort of um is reflective of who they are and mm. it's just a little we we often say we we feel these things about someone but it's very rare that you get a chance to actually express them in public mm. in such a beautiful um setting and that that's what i that that's the beauty of, of wedding ceremonies it's this, mm. it's this opportunity to express something that yes you definitely deeply feel and you know that your partner knows that you feel that but it's expressing it in front of the people that you love the most is, is a very mm. rare uh gift yeah yeah i guess like one that, thing we don't value on it yeah, definitely. I think like one of the things we don't really think about in our day-to-day -day lives is why do I feel this way? What does this person say or do that makes me feel this way? And I don't think we really go deep enough into that day-to-day, -day, do we? We just go, oh, I love you. No, no, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So to just sort of take a bit of a deeper dive on that mm. is quite an interesting journey and, and a really beautiful one. And mm. I, I think the best vows are probably the same with what, what I say is what makes a successful wedding in total is probably a, a bit of a mixture of, of lulls and cries. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of uh, <laughs> humour, but also some sentimentality as well. I think that yeah. provides a really nice balance. And it's, mm. it seems to be what most people tend to go for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like to call it a sprinkle of cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, within that that sort of light, fun kind yes. of environment. Yes. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You know, I think there's definitely times within the ceremony that it's important to be romantic and it's important to be sentimental and, and everything. But, yeah, there's nothing wrong with throwing in a bit of humour um, and having a yeah. bit of a, a play with it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely agree. Do you think that it's important to have like formal 
promises or vows. Like I, I know that a, a lot of couples that I speak to, they they feel they have to do that in writing their personal vows, that it doesn't feel like vows unless they've said, I promise to do this, I vow to do this. What, what are your, What's your take on that? I don't think it's important at all. Um, mm. I think it's probably a nice guide for them. Mm. Um, it's it's um, clear parameters, mm. but I, I've seen vows that don't include that at all and just talk about um, the, the things that they admire in that person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, where, that, that's where it comes from. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. A lot of people do include, I promise to do, you know, the dishes, that kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's very important that there is some element of sentimentality to it, some little mm. sprinkle of cheese, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think you want it to be all a uh, stand-up comedy show. Correct. Um, yeah, and you know, and and you don't I want it to be about... too much cheese either, right? Like you, you want that balance. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm happy to obviously to um, give them advice on them. I mean, mm-hmm. but to be honest, like most of the time when people give me their vows, I've never really had to say, "Oh, you know, mm. they, they." It's from their heart, and it's hard to get it. If it's from the heart, it's hard to get it wrong I'm yeah. giving advice on maybe phrasing and um uh more more the advice I give is actually on delivery on how to read them and stuff I, I do tell them yeah uh you should read them out loud not mm. not to your partner but just out loud so you see uh how it sounds because mm. um I know as a writer that's a, that's exactly Mm. I know as a writer, that's something I've always been taught and found it, it helpful to just read something out loud after, after I've written it, um, yeah. just to see the flow and the pacing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you in terms of when I receive vows from my couples, I don't make any changes. Like you said, they're from the heart. It, it means mm. it's meaningful to them. And I very would, I would very, very rarely read vows and, and think, oh, they're, they're not appropriate or they're not good. I would never, I haven't yet, mm. I haven't yet thought that. So no, yeah, I, I no. guess I kind of want to squash that, that fear that people may have. Your yes. celebrant is not going to tell you that your vows are bad and that they're, they're not no, going to right. be bad. Whatever you write is not going to be bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But I also totally understand someone who may not necessarily have ever done that before. Mm. Um, uh, just wanting to get some advice on that, you mm. know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of a scary concept. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably the moment in the ceremony when you are revealed the most, um, mm-hmm. when you're sort of in a vulnerable position, I guess, in a very beautiful way, but mm. you're really sort of, um, yeah, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. Which is to yeah. be applauded. Yeah. And it's human nature yeah. to fear that, I suppose. Yeah, everyone's going to oh, see absolutely. me exposed. Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. I did a wedding once and when I arrived, um, the venue um, manager rushes up to me and says, okay, we've got a situation. 
the groom is flat on <laughs> flat on his back in the back room having a panic attack. Oh and he just no! Wants, just wants the ceremony to start as soon as possible, so oh. really, really quickly because he wants to get out of the way. And the panic attack was just from the thought of speaking in public and and mm. saying his vows out. But it was the fear of doing it, which was much stronger than actually doing it. Because once he was a bit shaky and very nervous, but once he was actually standing up there with me, he was fine. Because mm. I think it was just the fear of, of that unknown quantity because he was not into public speaking. But then he nailed his vows and they were fantastic. Yeah. And everybody loved them. And I wasn't, mm. and I wasn't just sort of blowing smoke up his ass. He really didn't nail them. And they... There's something about people being nervous that um, brings an extra layer of authenticity to it. Mm. And, and um, it's something really admirable about that, about that because you know that they're not in their comfort zone, but they feel, but they're doing this out of love for that person. And there's something really yeah. beautiful and touching about that. Absolutely. So if your voice breaks or if you just need a pause, there's not, nothing, nothing bad about that. Not at all. Let it happen. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. you're right. It can be really endearing. Absolutely. Yes. And I know that mm. from being a poet, like, um, uh, you know, just seeing people like handshaking and trembling, reading a poem to an open mic and just trying to get through it. But it just brings this extra layer that there's, there, there's, there's something to gain from what they're doing, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Look, I don't know if we can really give any more advice in that area, can we? Because it's just so personal to each and every individual. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I think the only changes, so to speak, that I've ever made to any vows is more grammatical, like to help with that flow. Um, exactly. So I guess that's, yes. that's our next point of, uh, of, talking topics is to to talk about how we can help people feel a little bit more comfortable with their performance yes uh microphone technique is is way up there mm. i think um people really want to hear what you're saying mm. i do i often have couples who like oh i don't need to use a mic and like yes you do <laughs> yeah because <laughs> once your head is down looking at your cue card because you automatically do this don't you like most people don't lift up yes. when, they, when they're reading their vows. They're reading them yes. looking down. And, yeah, you immediately need to remember that a microphone is going to be a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, just, you know, these, this is like one of the highlights of the ceremony. The, the guests mm. really want to hear them. They want, want, want to hear them. Yeah. Um, sometimes I will hold the mic to, mm -hmm. their, to their mouth for them. Um, uh, or sometimes I'll just hand it over to them. Most of the time I'll hand it over to them, I think. Um, but I do tell them, I, I do give them some basic tips about um, just because a lot of people who, who never handle a mic before think that they're made out of magic or something. Yeah. That they just draw your voice down into it no matter where you hold it. <laughs> yeah. But no, they don't work that way. They've got to mm. be like, you know, at least a fist away from your, from your mouth. Mm. Um, so I always encourage them to try and keep it up there. I've even on the odd occasion had to just sort of gently lift there. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, so I tell them to sort of definitely practice saying it out loud and also, mm. yes, to try and 
not read the whole thing. Like, oh, obviously have the paper there. I actually discourage, some people feel like they, they should memorize it. Mm. But I kind of, I, I, I actually kind of discourage that. I, I say to them, look, if you want to try to memorize it, that's great. But I really mm. recommend you probably still having it in front of you as well. Yeah. Because you can have, and I know this from great experience as a poet when I first started trying to memorize my poems, you can be so confident. You can just read it over and over again with no paper. But once you get in front of an audience, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. Definitely. And it can just all just disappear, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely recommend having it on hand. Um, but I, it's been rare. I've had people actually try to do them from memory. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. A lot of these skills I learned from being, from, from performing poetry. Uh, mm. Cause I never would have been, I, I never would have become a celebrant if I hadn't been a poet first. Because yeah. I wouldn't have had those skills as a performer uh, mm. in front of a crowd if I, did, if I hadn't done poetry and, and actually sort of as a performance poet, I guess. Mm. So all those skills I learned from there definitely apply to anyone um, getting in front of a mic, in front of people. So eye contact is important. I mean, you can read some lines, but it's, it's good to, you know, face face the person you, you're reading them to. Mm-hmm. It's important. Um, yeah, make sure you can be heard. Uh, take your time. I always tell them, there's no rush. Just take yeah. your sweet time, you know. And, in fact, a pause is is uh, a great tool in a theatre. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's where you choose to, to, to pause, uh, which can have a lot of power and significance. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with pausing and there's nothing wrong with going slow and, and taking your time. Um, when you rush yeah. through them, you can lose that emotion and you can lose the engagement of your audience as well, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, And I've had people, um, I, I always tell them to, sometimes they don't really want or need advice or something, but I always mm. encourage them to send them to me anyway because I have had people yeah. forget forget to bring them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same with readings, actually. I learned, I, I, I learned very early on when I, um, I asked someone to come up and do a reading and they sort of had this panicked look on their face mm. and they're sort, of, they're sort of looking at me like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like it's fine I've got it in my script and yeah I'm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> as long as someone's so, got the rings we're usually pretty good to go we've got everything yeah. else <laughs> so I always encourage readers to uh send me what they're going to read just just so and just so I know the bait the, the length and stuff as well mm-hmm. but also in case they forget it which has happened on more than yeah. one occasion. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it would actually be quite common that people would just yeah. not bring their vows. Yeah, there's a million other things yeah. they're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I think I had, you're so uh, right, I, though, with all that advice, you know, the holding the microphone nice and close to your mouth and speaking nice and loud and looking up as much as you can is really, really yes. good advice. And yeah, take your time and it's okay to be nervous. Like, yeah, all of that yes. stuff is so, 
so true and it certainly does not make for bad vows and they won't sound bad when you're no. talking it's all just gonna it's no, gonna be right. great yeah <laughs> yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Which leads us kind of into the next little bit I wanted to talk about. Like I always talk on every episode of this podcast, I always ask the the person I'm speaking with, um, what do you think are some of the elements or factors that can make for the best wedding, a wedding that's most through a reflection of the couple? Yes. Um Definitely authenticity. Mm. Uh, don't don't do things because you feel like you should, mm-hmm. or that that um, that it's just the way it's done. You know, I, I, I guess it's been about ten years now that weddings have gone through a real revolution. I think mm. in in Australia, where people have embraced the opportunity to tailor make their wedding to. Mm-hmm to their um, whatever reflects them the best. Um, yeah. And because there's so little in a ceremony that has to be there, so very yes. little. <laughs> Everything else is up to you. So why not uh, take on the elements that are meaningful to you mm-hmm. rather than the elements that you think you're sp- supposed to do? Yeah, And absolutely. But it, it is... A large part of ceremonies is is theatre. So I, I said I think um, being aware, not not pandering to your audience, but being aware of your audience can be a good thing too. Mm-hmm. And um, making for for good theatre, whatever that may be. Uh, mm. So I think authenticity is important. Uh, a little bit humour is good. It's just a, mm. it's just a balancing act, really. And yeah, and as you say, a bit of cheese is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just being, um, I know this as a poet that uh, from seeing people perform on stage, mm. and it is, a, it is an element of performance, a wedding ceremony, is people mm. who are generous, generous spirited people who are actually not afraid to sort of, um, a little bit naked I guess with their emotions mm-hmm. and their feelings uh, yeah. and not be open and not closed because when you're open uh, when you're uh, addressing people in public then that allows the sort of river to sort of flow between you and the audience mm. and the best weddings are absolutely the ones where the guests feel involved Mm-hmm. who feel like they are part of this monumentous occasion. So they're actually participating rather than witnessing. And yes. when I say participating, that doesn't mean they have to be doing some sort of flash mob dance situation, <laughs> but just so that they Although they we like, totally encourage that, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. But just so that they feel like they're, they're, they're an important element of it mm. yes yeah and that's when you really and that is a sort of energy that's palpable you can actually really feel it yeah and so i always encourage um uh the guests to be vocal you know mm-hmm. to 
to you know if they want to clap at a certain part or you know that that's that's great yeah maybe not so much heckle but I, I love a good heckler actually because I yeah. love uh, the chance to sort of uh uh you know have a have roast them as well yes absolutely <laughs> yeah. hecklers can make for some very fun weddings and if you know there's probably totally. going to be one there you can you can get yeah. nice and ready for it <laughs> yeah that's right that's right. So yeah, that, that's when I that they're the the most successful weddings I've been a part of, where mm. they've had a a very um open uh the, the guests are very open to the experience mm. rather than just sort of witnessing it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I'm a big fan of coming up with ways to help the guests engage more rather than just listening and witnessing and thinking, so when does the bar open? You know, you, yes. you want them to be engaged and enjoying it. I 100% agree with that. And yes. I think what you said about it being a balancing act is so true because you really want this event to be a true reflection of you as a couple, but you want it to be enjoyable for your guests as well. Um, That's right. Yeah, so that balancing act of the fun with the cheese and it's yours, but yes. it's for the guests. And if the guests are having fun, you will be, and you'll be less stressed. And yeah, it's this big, big right. little melting pot, isn't it? <laughs> and and a lot of it has to be driven by the celebrant because mm. people's uh, default is probably to be sort of, because they don't want to be, they want to feel like they're being disrespectful or something as mm. the, at the guests I'm speaking about. So their default mm. is sometimes to be a little bit closed. And mm. But if you sort of give them permission to be, other than that, then they will be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a little bit of um, the go ahead, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah, we, we approve yeah. for you to fly free. <laughs> yeah. Something that I started yeah. doing about a year ago has really helped with that, actually. <clears throat> I say to my couples, uh, especially if they've got uh, larger sort of wedding parties, like, you know, maybe three or four on a side or for any mm. size, really. But I asked them that because um, the wedding party doesn't really get much acknowledgement. They just sort of mm -hmm. walk in a straight line and stand still for 20 minutes or half an hour. Mm. And with larger weddings, like if, you, if you've got 100 guests or something, a lot of people may not necessarily even know who they are. Yeah. So what I do is once everyone's in place, I introduce the wedding party one by one by name and also what relation they are to the couple whether they be yeah. a sister or a long-time friend or something but also a little fun fact about each of them yeah like this is simon toby's long-time friend and he collects model trains yeah and it sort of serves a few purposes one it does give the wedding party a little moment in the sun a little bit of acknowledgement yeah. but it also immediately sets a tone that this is not going to be a stiff overly formal wedding i can visibly see the guest's shoulders drop like oh this is gonna be fun you know mm. this is cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a nice but little warm-up i like it right from the start yeah mm. yeah yeah i think you're right too that little acknowledgement for the wedding party can be really important because these people have probably helped the couple out a lot more than you realize throughout the planning oh, of the wedding yeah throwing the the celebrations the hens and bucks or whatever it might be they they've probably been quite heavily involved and then yeah yes. on the day they just quietly walk up and stand still and that's it yeah so yeah it, a it's a nice don't way even get to learn their name you know and it also can yeah. provide um opportunities for connections and conversation 
following the ceremony mm. where someone might come up and say, oh, so you're, you know, Gabby's sister. Oh, nice mm. to meet you, you know. Mm. Yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. Especially these days, I think, well, I say these days, I think I mean 2021 and, and our coming into a <laughs> yeah. post-COVID world. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen each other for a long time. A lot of people That's may not true. have even met each other at, at your wedding. So, That's yeah, right. it's a, it's a yeah, nice it's way a to break point. that ice and, and create yeah. that atmosphere that we're here to celebrate together and we're here to mingle and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that idea. That's yeah. a good one. I offer yeah. one um, that I call marriage advice. So right before we're about to start, I just say, has anyone here been married a while or even divorced oh, or <laughs> a few times or whatever it might be? And yeah, have you got any nuggets yeah. of wisdom for, for the couple before they dive in today? And it's always funny. Somebody always oh, has something good. in that heckle yeah. sort of arena to yeah. say. Yeah. So that's a yeah. nice way to oh, warm like up that. too. Yeah, yeah, you're going to file that one away. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do it. It's a good one. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I suppose we should talk about the flip side of the coin as well, where there can be elements and factors that can damage a wedding or prevent it from being a true reflection of the couple or their most enjoyable experience um, in your years in the industry. Do you have anything in particular that you would like to advise our couples to steer away from in that area? Sure. Um, look, I know I very rarely, because I, I often say there's nothing that can really go wrong in the ceremony because if it does, it's often a good thing because it just provides yeah. a little bit more humour. <laughs> uh, the first time I had a dog involved as a ring bearer, which is my, my second wedding, I think. Yeah. I said to, I, they said, oh, do you think it'll be okay? I said, look, even if it goes wrong, it'll be hilarious. So it'll be yeah. fine. And it did go very, very wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> when the dog, the dog had a balloon tied to her collar, and when she was called for, the balloon sort of oh, uh, no. hit her on the back. And then every time she turned around, she couldn't see what it was hitting her. Oh. <laughs> and it just oh, ran off thing. into the field. <laughs> yeah. Whatever this is, I'm so getting a, away from it. <laughs> yeah. So this is like when we're just about to do the wing exchange. So the best man has to run off after the dog. Oh. And then catches her, <laughs> brings her up to uh, the, the two exchange rings. Excuse me, sorry. You're right. <clears throat> and um, and then whoever tied the thing on around her neck tied it too tight. So oh. we sort of so then trying to untie that made the the drawstring on the bag too tight, and then we couldn't get that undone. So the groom just ended up biting it open with oh. his teeth. But all of this was just. <laughs> Great fodder. Like the yeah. guests were just losing it. It the was photographer would have been having the time of their lives. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it could not have gone more wrong, but it could not have been more right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I did have a I did do a wedding once uh recently on last year or so. And um the groom was such a a uh such a relaxed, lovely guy. And then on the day, I actually thought that maybe he was mad at me about something because he seemed oh. so serious and uptight. Mm. But I soon realised that he was just very, very stressed about all these different elements of the wedding that mm. he really wanted to go right. Mm. But I, I think without giving too much away of who they are, uh, that a lot of these elements were added because they felt that they had to, like mm. it was if it was expected and it was quite extravagant and and he just spent the whole 
day just very, very stressed because mm. he was very concerned about all these things going right and that were not maybe necessary. Um, yeah, what a shame. So don't, yeah, I thought it was a real shame too. And that's a good mm. example of like, sure, if you want to have like uh, extra elements and pizzazz and stuff, but it has to be about having fun about, and not so much about perhaps doing things because you feel like you need to or, or they'll, you need to impress people. Mm. Authenticity is, is, is the buzzword yet again. It's just, mm. um, I think things can come a bit undone if you try to do too much. Mm-hmm. The best weddings in that I feel like the, have been the most successful are often quite simple, actually, because mm-hmm. it's not really about those extra elements. It's about mm. how comfortable everybody is on the day and it's about love and a celebration of love and you don't need a lot of money and Mm. you know (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah don't need a lot of stuff for love (laughs) no you don't need a lot of stuff yeah 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 no I completely agree that getting really really stressed about all the things that you think matter but maybe not quite to the degree that they're stressing you out. Yeah. And that can really, really damage the yes. day. Mm. Yes. But that, that also ties back to having a, having a good MC too, or at least mm. having someone that's, that's going to be looking out for those things for you because a couple shouldn't be thinking about that at all. Yeah. They shouldn't be thinking about when the caterer is going to arrive or, you know, when are we going to cut that? Someone needs to sort of take charge of those things. And sometimes it can be good if that's a double act because it can be a bit much to take on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as long as you've got someone loosely in charge, it's just making sure things run, you know, loosely to time. doesn't have to yeah. be, like, militaristic. But, yeah, mm. that can, that can uh, remove a lot of the stress for the couple as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree that just keeping on top of things, keeping an eye on the clock, chatting with the venue, chatting with the band or the DJ, just keeping an eye and a, and a finger on the pulse is something you really don't want to do when you're the person getting married and, and celebrating no, that marriage. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, yeah. most receptions are held in, you know, licensed venues. So it's a very, mm. it's usually very hard finish time. It's not usually yeah. negotiable. So therefore... And you don't want to cut yourself short of that, um, mm. the, you know, the DJ dancing time at the end. And that can happen if other things sort of start uh, adding up on going behind schedule. Yeah. 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 If you're having the big evening, you know, especially Friday or Saturday night wedding because you want to have a party and a dance floor, you probably want as many hours as you can get on that dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially yeah. when DJ Hot Wheels is uh, oh. she's behind the decks. <laughs> <laughs> when DJ Hot Wheels is on, that's all you want is to listen to him and dance. <laughs> no speeches, no cake. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessary. <laughs> And that's yeah. why we had Sean on the podcast today. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's all very good advice. I think you've um, you've really touched on a, a lot of really good uh, points there for our couples to consider. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for my my 
you know, specific list of topics that I wanted to cover. So more than happy to sort of hand you the floor again, um, just for any closing thoughts or anything else you might like to talk about that I might not have touched on. Uh, I feel like there's something, but I, I just can't find it in the corner of my mind. Mm. <laughs> I feel like we've covered uh, most of the important stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. As always, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Effortless Weddings podcast. Give the Instagram at Effortless Weddings a follow. This is where I promote upcoming episodes and also ask you for your feedback on who you want to hear from, what information you need to know and what areas you might need a hand with. If you happen to have some positive things to say and might like to help encourage others to join the tribe, give us a little review on your preferred podcast streaming service. And to keep hearing more great wedding advice from some of the best the industry has to offer, hit subscribe and get notified each week as new episodes drop. Once again, my name is Heidi and if you have any questions, ideas for an episode or even want to share your wedding planning stories, feel free to contact me. All of my links and information will be listed in the episode description. Thanks again for listening. Keep doing happy dances and remember that life is always better when sprinkled with cheesy love stuff.